I'm joined now by RNZ Business Editor Giles Beckford. Tenakwe, Giles. We're going to expect more pain at the petrol pump. Kia to you, Charlotte. Yes, retail petrol prices are forecast to rise to as high as $3.50 a litre for 91 octane by Christmas. That's in the main centres, at least. Rising oil prices and a weak New Zealand dollar are putting pressure on prices with the New Zealand dollar around 59 US cents, and that's the uh, commodity, that's the price, uh, I should say, the currency in which oil prices are set. Uh, And of course, world oil prices at the highest for the year. The AA's principal policy advisor on motoring affairs, Terry Collins, says the closure of the Marsden Point refinery has also added to the cost of fuel. Close to $3.50 wouldn't be surprising. So the premium grades were already over $3.50 in some places. We're getting close to $3.00. 312, something like that, for uh, average price for our 91. Uh, I, I'd imagine it'd be over 320 within about a fortnight. Um, and we could be by Christmas closer to 350 than 3. Well, Terry Collins says refining costs are also on the rise with a limited amount of global capacity, and that's also driving up the cost of aviation fuel. More than 260 sites owned by the warehouse are set to be powered by solar farms as the group inks a long-term agreement with Lodestone Energy. The deal will see solar electricity power the warehouse stores from as early as 2026. With more details, here's business reporter Kim Moody. The agreement will apply to all sites where the warehouse group purchases electricity directly, including those occupied by the warehouse, warehouse stationery, No Leeming and Torpedo 7 stores and their distribution centres. Lodestone Energy's Managing Director Gary Holden says the agreement will deliver flexibility with a competitive pricing structure for the warehouse through innovative power purchase agreements. It's estimated it will cut around 5,000 tonnes of carbon emissions a year. And staying on the uh, theme of solar power, the state-owned Green Investment Fund says overseas investors are enthusiastic and ready to put money into renewable energy and decarbonisation projects. The fund has just attracted two global investors, First Centia and Natixis, to add $90 million between them to its own $80 million to provide domestic solar provider, uh, power, power, power provider Solar Zero with long-term debt. The fund's chief investment officer, Jason Patrick, says it's looking to do similar-style funding for other projects, which should bring in more overseas investors. Institutional investors uh, these days are constantly looking for sustainable finance opportunities. You know, the, the investors behind them demand it, their stakeholders demand it. They know that that's an opportunity moving forward um, for their assets. They look for long-term um, assets for their books, and that's exactly what we've been able to structure with this opportunity. We do intend to replicate this program uh, for other opportunities and with other investors moving forward. So as mentioned, um, while this program is focused uh, on solar and we intend to work with other operators in other subsectors. Jason Patrick says the Green Investment Fund has invested more or somewhere between 400 and 500 million dollars into various projects aimed at helping the country be carbon zero by 2050. Well, the country needs to keep ownership of lucrative and game-changing technology companies, and this should be a priority for any government and the industry. That's the view of one commentator. Over recent years, foreign investors have snapped up a range of New Zealand software, gaming and e-commerce firms. 
However, the managing director of the Technology Investment Network, Greg Shanahan, says it's a common scenario for homegrown tech companies of a certain size and scale to attract overseas attention. He says once companies seem to reach around $100 million or more in value, New Zealand ownership starts to be patchy and there needs to be more incentives to stop owners from cashing up to overseas buyers. We've also got to expand our stable of large companies, companies with revenues over 100 to $200 million. And I think there's two things. It needs, it needs to be more domestic funding available, so we need to persuade New Zealanders to put their hands in their pockets to invest in these companies. And the companies themselves have got to take a longer-term, multi-generational view of their growth. That's Greg Shanahan of the Technology Investment Network. Well, there's another climate action meeting in New York. This time it's world meter, uh, leaders meeting on the Climate Action Summit. As records show global temperatures on track to hit record highs this year. It's leading some experts to push for faster progress on using hydrogen fuel as a replacement for some fossil fuels. Hydrogen is clean burning. It doesn't produce greenhouse gases, but production of it can be highly energy intensive. And that's often not from renewable energy. The chief executive of Hydrogen UK, Claire Jackson, says countries aren't moving fast enough to transition to cleaner fuels and 2050 is fast approaching. The US last year with its Inflation Reduction Act was a real game changer, really set the cat amongst the pigeons when it comes to the hydrogen industry. What we're seeing is a lot of investment moving from UK and the EU and being sort of sucked towards the US. Um, so it's really important that, you know, as US has sort of laid down the gauntlet, the EU has responded, Canada, India, China have all responded. The UK now needs to respond and move quickly if we're not going to miss out on the opportunity. That's Claire Jackson from Hydrogen UK. Let's catch up on markets and see how they're faring. I'm joined by Andrew Cathy from Craig's Investment Partners. Kira to you. Andrew, how's the local share market doing? Kira Giles, look, our market's a bit weaker, but market's generally focused on um, those central banks who are meeting later this week with the Fed on Thursday in the US and also Bank of England Thursday and Bank of Japan on Friday. Our market's down 34 points, or about a third of a percent. A2 milks off one at 482. Auckland Airport's come dividend. It's unchanged at 785. EBOS Group up 13 at 3523. Fletcher Building down three at 461. Fisher and Paykel Healthcare down 18 cents at 21.51. Main Freight's off 11 cents at 64.30. Port of Tauranga up four at 5.86. Ryman's up a couple of cents at 6.52. Spark down five and a half cents at four dollars eighty and a half, and uh, Simlay Milk bit of a recovery. They're up four cents at a dollar twenty. Right, just a headline number for Australia, please, and then the currency. Yeah, look, they're also down by the same amount as us, about a third of a percent or twenty-two points. ASX two hundred at seventy-two oh eight. Currency we're a bit stronger against the US at fifty-nine point two one. Against Australia, we're 91.84. Sterling, 47.78. Euro, we're 55.35. And against the yen, we're 87.40. 90-day bank bill, unchanged, 5.675%. 10-year interest rate swaps, 4.88%. Brent crude, uh, trading at US dollars, $94.69 a barrel. And gold, trading at 1,934 US dollars an ounce. 
Thank you very much. That's Andrew Cathy from Craig's Investment Partners. All the latest news and numbers wrapped up for you around half past five in Checkpoint. But for now, Charlotte, that's business. Kia ora.